one thing he said to me years ago that has always stuck with me, like just drilled in my brain. He said, what is, like what is happening is good and to your advantage, whether or not you can see it or feel it in the moment. Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Jason Robel of Wellevator and This Might Get Uncomfortable Podcast. Jason, great to have you on the show. Man, it's so good to see you again. Thanks for having me. Definitely super excited to have you on. And before we jumped into the interview, I wanted to read a little bit more about Jason so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Jason is the co-founder of Wellevator and the co-host of the podcast, This Might Get Uncomfortable, which I've been a guest and been definitely grateful to, to, to share the mic with him. And he's the Amazon and Globe and Mail bestselling author of the Hay House Cookbook and Lifestyle Guide, Eternity. As the first ever plant-based chef in history with a primetime television show, his groundbreaking show, How to Live to 100, on Cooking Channel and Food Network Canada taught millions of people worldwide how to prepare delicious, organic, healthy meals at home. And described as a love child of Jim Carrey and Alton Brown, he infuses his live speaking events, videos, and digital teaching with a relentless drive to grow in a lighthearted and joyful approach to health and wellness. And as I said, I had the pleasure of being on the show. We were connected over sports inju inju injuries, interesting enough, and um, He's an overall awesome guy, mover and shaker, does so many things uh, that are awesome, especially in the health and wellness space. So Jason, appreciate you taking some time out. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Let's do this. I'm awesome. Ready. Let's do it then. So to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit, hear a little, little bit more on how you got started, what I call your CEO story. Yeah. You know, for me, it's it's interesting because as a, as a little kid, I remember feeling very rebellious and this this sense of rebelliousness manifested in all kinds of crazy ways. I mean, we'd have to probably do a whole separate episode talking about the crazy stuff I did when I was a young man. But I realized that as I graduated college, I graduated with a marketing communications degree and worked in the advertising industry well before I was an entrepreneur. So I spent an entire decade in the advertising and marketing space. And I remember I, I had a moment of realization. I was talking to my mom back in Detroit where I grew up. And I think I was maybe like seven, eight years into my career as a, a, a copywriter and, and marketing director. And I said, I don't think I'm meant to work for other people. I just, it was this thing of like remembering that, that kind of childhood rebelliousness and drive to, to do things my way, right? I was just very, very, very bullheaded in that way. And uh, for the last 11 years, I have been running my own business. I have uh, two companies, my own, which is Robo Living LLC, uh, which is the food side of things. And then with the more business-focused social media, mental health, the podcast you mentioned, that's all in the Wellevator. So for the last 11 years, I have these two brands. And, and you know, of course, being an entrepreneur has its challenges. I mean, we could recant whew, all the things it takes to mentally and financially survive as an entrepreneur. But you know what, Gresh? I, I don't think I could go back ever to working for someone else. Um, I think that I'm, again, reflecting on childhood, just intrinsically wired to kind of just do things my way, do things in the vision that I see. So um, once I realized that, it was like, all right, we're going, we're doing this. And, you know, as Tony Robbins says, we're burning the ships and we're not turning back. So that's in a nutshell, kind of my, my entrepreneurial journey and, and how I think my makeup has led to this, this point in my life. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that so much. And yeah, in order to take the island, you do have to burn the boats, as Tony Robbins said. So I absolutely love that. But I, I love too, because I think so many times, um, you know, 
kids and I feel like I had, you know, some of those entrepreneurial tendencies when we were younger. And sometimes if they're not cultivated in the right way, they can turn, you know, to more destructive things or things that aren't as helpful. But I think when you start to look at those characteristics, you start to see like some of the best innovators, great leaders have a lot of those tendencies when they're younger. And if they're cultivated, they, they, they turn into really remarkable things, some of which we're enjoying right now in these technologies. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize it, right? You talk about it being cultivated because the, the archetypes that I had in my family growing up on, on both sides, mom and dad's side, were very much, um, again, and no judgment on this, but very much in that nine to five mold. You know, in Detroit, it's like, what do you do? You go work for one of the automakers, right? You work for Ford, you work for Chrysler, you work for General Motors. And I just, there was something in me that was like, that's not my path. But it was confusing for a while because I'm like, I don't know, well, what is my path then? If it's not that, and I'm not, and I'm not aligning with the archetype that my family has set forth, whoa, then I'm going to be like the weirdo. And so for a while, I very much felt like kind of an outsider in my family because I was taking that different approach. Um, so it took him a little while to like get used to the fact that, all right, Jason's doing things a little differently. Uh, but I'm glad I gave myself permission to follow my heart and do it my way. Yeah, I, yeah, I appreciate you so much in sharing that. And, I, and the the story that you're telling very similar to mine. I feel like I might have grew up in Detroit. You might be talking about my family in the same way, because I, I definitely felt, you know, sometimes you just have to have the courage and you don't know why you're doing it, but you have to lean into who you are, what you feel is right. And, and even if those that are around you may not necessarily agree with it, a lot of times they'll come around later once they see that this is not just something I'm trying out of something that's truly my calling and who I am. Yeah. And I think once they realize, oh, this isn't this isn't a hobby. Like yes. this, the, the, like dude is serious. Yes. He moved all the way to California, moved 2,500 miles away. And he's like, he, he's committed. So to your point, I think when, when certain people who, you know, maybe are doubters or they, they don't understand the vision, they don't understand why in your heart you have this drive to do what you do. Um, you know, it, for better or for worse, when, you know, success is kind of like the metric that people are like, oh, okay. All right. We believe you now. It's not just a hobby. So <laughs> it took a few years for them to get behind it. But now um, my family's very, very supportive of everything I do. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I, and I think you're absolutely right where I always kind of remind myself is sometimes um, the vision that you're giving is for you. Sometimes it's not for those that are around you. And sometimes they have a different vision and that's completely OK. Um, that's why we all have different gifts and abilities. So I love that you uh, leaned into that and remind us to do that as well, too. And so um, I know you touched on the kind of two different businesses that you have. Could you take us through a little bit more about that and, and what you're doing to kind of serve the clients you work with? Yeah, absolutely. So the one business I've been doing longer than the other, which is uh, Roll Bell Living LLC, that's very much specifically focused on um the side of health and wellness, nutrition, the food, the cooking, and all of that. And I've been doing that for, God, at the time of this recording, I've been incorporated for 11 years now. So just, just past the decade mark. Um, and that was really born out of sort of this, this hybridization of having the marketing background, as I mentioned, but then getting into the food space and going to culinary school, I started the company right, I mean, right when social media was just starting to take off. People were finally getting uh, a hold of what YouTube could do. Instagram had just started, I think, in 2010. So back then it was like, okay, what's this Facebook thing? What's YouTube? What's Twitter? What's Instagram? So for me, it was just this vision of how do I get culinary media out there with this emerging technology of social media and do it in a way that's fun and engaging and comedic and irreverent. Because at that time, one of the inspirations to start that business was when I was watching cooking videos and I was watching nutritional content, health and wellness, it was all really boring. I mean, to the point where it was like snooze fest, you know, I'd be watching people taking me through a yoga class or a cooking tutorial. And it was very like monotone and very boring and very technical. And I thought I need to funk this up. I need to come in and make it fun and be the goofball that I am. And again, when I gave my permit, myself permission just to be myself, I'm going to do this comedically. I'm going to be goofy and teach people at the same time. I realized, realized something important with that business. You talk about how I serve, serve my clients and, and my fans. I realized that if you get people laughing, energetically 
they are open to receive new information. Mm -hmm. And so when I go out and I do a lecture tour, I've gone on book tour, I do my YouTube videos, my Instagram, I always try and make sure it's comedic and try and entertain people because then they're open to receiving new ideas. And I realized that laughter, laughter is a delivery mechanism. It kind of opens that door right. and then people can walk through and receive what you have to say. So similar to Wellevator, which is the newer business, uh, my business partner, Whitney and I have been doing that three years now. That's focused a little more specifically on mental health, emotional wellness, addressing some of the socioeconomic issues we're facing in this country. And so what we do with that, we have several courses. We have a wellness warrior training and a consistency code, basically teaching people some tools to keep themselves mentally healthy and emotionally healthy. So um, leveraging a lot of digital technologies, we have a new platform we're going to be using called Hello Audio. So one of the takeaways from both businesses, man, is um, always experimenting with new platforms, new offerings, and new products and seeing how people respond to it. So relentless experimentation, I think, is the thread through with both businesses. I absolutely um, appreciate that. And so would you consider that to be what I like to call your secret sauce, the thing you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? It could be for your business or yourself personally, but is it that a relentless experimentation and that feeling to lean into who you are that you feel sets you apart and makes you unique? Yeah, and I, I think that is definitely part of the secret sauce. And I also want to say curiosity is part of the secret sauce. And, and I had a, a great mentor that I worked with a couple of years back, uh, a shaman, in fact. And we were talking about the, the mechanics and the nature of fear and how fear you know, guides our decision-making, fear guides our belief systems. I mean, fear is a very powerful emotion. We can all agree. Fear does makes us do some really interesting things. And he was saying, what if in the moments that you feel fear, you replace it with curiosity? And I thought, interesting. So part of that secret sauce of the, of the relentless experimentation, I think, is curiosity. Well, what if we try this? We don't know how it's going to go. Well, what if we invest this money? Okay, is it a money we can afford to invest and maybe lose? Okay, let's do like, you know, I'm, I'm going through that with like crypto and investing right now. Like, okay, we have no idea what's going to go on with any of this crypto game, but I'm curious and I'm going to experiment with it. And so I think, I think the curiosity, Gresh, is a big part of that. And, and what I'm trying to do when I feel afraid is instead of be afraid of something to get curious about it. And that's been a huge game changer for me. Yeah, that's a huge thing. And I think so many times uh, when we allow stuff to kind of stay in our heads, it can sometimes build up to be uh, or to look worse than sometimes it ends up being. So I think it's something huge that we can kind of lean into. And so I wanted to ask you now for, well, I wanted to switch gears a little bit. And I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO hack. So okay. It could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? For me, uh, I want to give two real quick. And I've realized that um, as a rebellious person, one thing, Gresh, that I resisted in the early days of business was um, being organized. I thought I could just like allow my creativity to kind of guide the sh And it did. It, it, and it still does. Like at the core, I think I'm an artist, you know, at, at the core of who I am, who also happens to be a business owner. But for me, organization and time blocking is everything. So I want to give a few little tips here. The first thing that I love using is a, uh, a, a Pomodoro timer. There's a company called tomato one. There's a bunch of them out there, but this is a free one. It's from a, a brand called tomato one. You can download it on your, um, your laptop or your smart devices mm -hmm. and time blocking has been a game changer, right? Cause I'm the kind of dude, I will sit in this chair for three to four hours and my eyes are crusting over and I haven't drank water. And then I realized three hours went by and I'm less productive, right? So Pomodoro timer, you download it and you can set time blocks. So what I like to do is I will do three rounds of 25 minutes of work, five minutes of rest. And after those three rounds of 25 and five, I'll take a 15 minute break. I'll go outside, I'll stretch, get my glass of water, move my body, and then come back and do three more rounds. So my workday is just all time blocked. And I have found that I'm much more efficient. I'm much more fresh. My energy is on point because I'm taking those breaks, which 
might be counterintuitive actually helps me go longer in my workday. So that's one thing. The second thing is I'm big into um, task management. So I love Airtable as an online organizer. And I also love TickTick. TickTick is basically an online to-do list that allows you to, to uh, do a workflow with um, like Whitney's my business partner. So we have a workflow there. So Pomodoro timer from tomato one, Airtable for organizing tasks and to-do list with TickTick. Those are three, every single day I use those three tools. Um, I love both of those um, those hacks. And so I wanted to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this could be a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It might be something you would tell your younger self if you were to jump into a time machine or you might also tell a client. So I, I have been blessed with having a, a mentor in my life. His name is Michael Park, uh, also a business owner, uh, but not just business. He's really been more of like a life mentor. And one thing he said to me years ago that has always stuck with me, like just drilled in my brain. He said, what is, like what is happening is good and to your advantage, whether or not you can see it or feel it in the moment. Mm. And there's so many, like you said, Gresh, so many moments where it's like, can I even do this? Can I keep going? Do we have the cash flow to keep running? I mean, there's a million situations we face where it's like, I don't know if this, this is going to keep going, if I can even do this. But that thing reminds me that I believe we live in a friendly universe. Um, Albert Einstein once said the most important decision you can make is choosing whether you live in a friendly universe or a malevolent one. And so uh, I wanted to ask you now my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Jason, what does being a CEO mean to you? Well, I mean, I'm, it's funny because I'm technically a co-CEO right now with Whitney, which is the first time I've ever actually ran a business with anyone else. You know, I've been a solopreneur for, again, 11 years. So the past three years been been a co-CEO. What does a co being a, a CEO mean to me? I think it means being a shepherd for the unseen. We have visions, we have dreams, we have things that are burning in our heart that we want to birth into the world. And I think being a CEO is being a steward for the unseen dreams and the visions and the future of humanity, right? It's like, it's, it's almost like being an alchemist. You have these things on, and you have all the, all the white papers. I have my whiteboard back there. Mm -hmm. It's like, so as a CEO, how do I take the visions, the dreams, the words, and actualize them and turn them into material reality. Jason, truly appreciate that. Of course, I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is just pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get hold of you, subscribe to the podcast, get a copy of the book and find out about all the awesome things you're working on. Yeah, for sure. So um, I just want to say that we, we have a lot of free resources. So anyone out there looking to get perspectives on consistency, habit building, mental health, resilience uh, at wellevator.com, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. We have a free resources section with multiple eBooks, two video trainings, all free, just com completely complimentary, just to kind of get you in the flow of the systems and the protocols and the coaching that we do with Wellevator. And then we also have the great podcast you talked about, Grash, that you were a, a wonderful guest on. This might get uncomfortable. We've got almost 250 episodes right now, and that's on all the major podcast players, Spotify, Syncify, Apple Podcasts, um, Amazon Podcasts. And then uh, we also have two YouTube channels. I've got my individual YouTube channel, which is mostly focused again on nutrition, wellness, human optimization. And then we also have the video versions of all the podcasts on our Wellevator channel. So if people just want to Google Wellevator, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R, or punch in my name, Jason Robelts, W-R-O-B-E-L, there's literally hundreds and hundreds of videos, free trainings, courses, podcasts. There's a lot of goodies out there. And, and most of them are free because I think, Gresh, you know, if, if you really, as a business owner and a content creator, just deluge people with value and give them really good stuff and know that 
you know, they know that you deeply care about their growth and their evolution. Um, that creates long, long-term relationships. And many, many clients of mine over the years have become friends. And you know what, man, that's like one of the greatest gifts is you work with someone professionally, but you create such a deep bond that they end up becoming friends. And, uh, I'm proud to say that many, many clients have gone down that road with me. Nice. Well, I truly appreciate that. And it, you can definitely Google everything or to make it even easier, we'll have it in the show notes too, just so that everybody can click through. But I, I think so many times we forget about, I always say the human, you know, part of life and business. And I love that that piece that you talked about is that you get the opportunity to provide value for somebody and you get an even stronger human connection as a result of it. Because I think so many times we forget about that. So thank you so much for, you know, taking some time out. Thank you so much for all the awesome work that you do. And uh, I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.